Well, Christmas should be a time of joy because Christmas brings to us uh, the most joyous news ever, and that's the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And for that reason, then, Christmas should be a wonderful time of rejoicing and experiencing the joy of the season uh, when we welcome Christ into our world and into our lives. Now, unfortunately, that's not the case for everybody, and it's uh, not the case for everybody for various reasons. Uh, I read recently some statistics that I think uh, maybe could put some people in a bad mood about Christmas. Almost 20% of people find the whole Christmas experience about hosting parties and meeting guests and preparing meals and all the activities to be completely overwhelming. And it's not surprising that a third of all the women in the United States feel more stressed throughout December than any other month. I guess um, moms and women, y'all kind of bear the brunt of cooking and making sure the family is together and all of that. Thinking about, thinking about looking at this tree and thinking about decorating and all of that, if you have experienced this, 3% of people have suffered an electric shock just by trying to put up lights and getting a faulty circuit. That would diminish your joy a little bit, wouldn't it? One in 50 falling out of the attic trying to get out the Christmas decorations. I would suggest you find another place to keep them. Over two and a half million people have fallen off a stool or a ladder while decorating for Christmas. And this is a travesty. Over 700,000 people have been injured in a sale rush while trying to snag a bargain. I would suggest you shop at another time, okay? Now, now those would give you some reasons about why joy could be diminished at Christmas. But our, our whole celebration about Christmas is joy. Today we've sung some wonderful songs about joy. When you look at what we did at 9 o'clock and then here today, you know, we talk about, oh, come all ye faithful, come joyful and triumphant. We're saying how great our joy. And Christmas declares to us that joy to the world, the Lord has come. And we're just saying that Christmas is about, is about joy. The Bible has about 650 references throughout it about joy, rejoicing, and celebrating with gladness and delight. I sat down this week and just read through Luke's account of the gospel of, of the birth of Jesus Christ. And there's, there's just so many places and ways that the word joy literally is found and then just comes through the pages of Scripture in other ways. In, in Luke 1.14, Zechariah was told by the angel, you will have joy and gladness rejoicing in the birth of his son, who would be John the Baptist. Uh, John the Baptist leaped for joy in his mother's womb when um, Mary appeared and that she was pregnant with Jesus. Uh, then there's the joy of Mary when she learns that she, of all women, is chosen to bear uh, the Son of God, Jesus Christ. Then there's the angel proclaiming great tidings of, uh, glad tidings of great joy. There's just that simple joy that parents would know that Mary and Joseph had looking at their newborn son lying in the manger. There was the joy of the shepherds who came from the fields to adore Jesus. The joy of Simeon and Anna later on when they saw Jesus coming, being presented in the temple. And they knew that their long-awaited anticipation of the Messiah had been fulfilled. And then there was the joy of the wise men as their long journey ended in the presence of the Christ child. You see, the reality is Christmas announces joy. And that joyful announcement is the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. But just like today, when Jesus was born so many years ago, there are all kinds of distractions to our joy during the Christmas celebration. I like the people of Whoville. We got a lot of Grinches that can steal our Christmas joy. 
We're filled with anxiety about health issues, finances, the threat of violence on the world and local level, and constantly wondering what the government's up to about the new budget and health care, what's going to happen with that. There's Christmas decorating to do, shopping to be done, travel, family gatherings, and all of those can be stressful times and can sap the joy right out of our life. So how do we claim, how do we experience the joy of Christmas the way that we should? Well, I suggest that we look at the shepherds and the story of, of, of the birth of Christ in Luke 2. I want you to look with me at the story beginning in Luke chapter 2, verse 8. And we see that this is the story of the shepherds experiencing the absolute joy of the season the way that you and I should. Here's what we read. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. What a remarkable story that is. No matter how many times we've heard it, it just has to touch your heart in some special way, doesn't it? And when we look at it today from the eyes of the shepherd and what they experienced, or maybe just looking down with a bird's eye view at the shepherds, the story of the shepherds is is the story of exuberant joy in the birth of the Savior, Jesus Christ. So once we are introduced to the shepherds and we journey with them to the manger, and then we see them return to their flocks, we see that they are men who are filled with joy. And I want to suggest to you that if we just simply look at three things that I think are, are, are evident in this story that the shepherds experience, then I think that we too can find the joy and experience that joy that God intended for us to have as we celebrate the birth of His Son. First of all, I want you to notice the astonishment that the shepherds experienced. Can you imagine what they, had, what they really experienced? It started out as an ordinary night. They're out on the Judean hillside doing what they always do, just keeping watch over their flock by night. That's what the way the words of the Scripture tell us. When suddenly the night just erupted in glorious light, and an angel descended from heaven, and the Bible says that they were terrified. Other places say they were, they were afraid, and that's putting it mildly because the words really mean they were seized with great fear with a desire to run away. And their bound duty was to stay there and take care of the sheep. And they were ready to run. They were ready to run. They were in the hills, so they were probably ready to run for the lowland and find some kind of place of shelter. 
And I think we can begin to imagine something about the astonishment because ordinary life erupted, interrupted by, by an angel. I don't think angels were any more prevalent displaying the glory of God back then as they are today. It's just that this is a magnanimous display of the light that came from heaven and of God's angel coming with a great announcement. And what stands out for me in, in this passage more than anything else is, is they were astonished because of who they were receiving this divine message from this angel about what God was doing. Shepherds were on the low scale of society. They were so far down that the only people lower than the shepherds were leopards, lepers. And you know that they were the outcasts of society. So when we study a little bit more about the shepherds, we see some of the reasons why it's an astonishment that they received this announcement. They were considered to be ceremonially unclean, and because of that, they couldn't participate in religious activities. They, they were isolated and oftentimes forgotten because they spent most of their time out on the hillside with the flocks. They were treated with contempt and mistrust. They moved from place to place to place. And when they would move, it was some, sometimes noticed that things would be missing. And so they were looked upon uh, with a little bit of jaundiced eye about their activities. They were known to be brash and bold in, in their lifestyle, ready to fight at the drop of a hat. Now we could see how God very easily could want to announce the birth of his son to Herod the king or maybe to the chief priest, high priest in the temple and make a glorious display of it. But maybe it's troubling for us to understand the announcement was made to these lowly shepherds. Why choose a, a band of ragtag shepherds to receive, first of all, uh, this glorious message of joy about the birth of a Savior? It wasn't made to the king, wasn't made to the priest, wasn't made to the wealthy, wasn't made to the lawmakers of that day, wasn't made to the movers and shakers of that society. But the announcement of the birth of the Messiah was made to the shepherds. What a startling, amazing announcement. That the birth of this long-awaited Messiah who would go to the cross and die for their sins was made to a group of shepherds. Why? Why would God do such a thing as that? You know, sometimes it's difficult to figure out the mind of God and how he does things and why he does things. But I think it's a simple reason that the message was made to the shepherds, first of all. And I think it's because it was made to the shepherds because it was saying that if God has included the shepherds in this announcement, then everybody is included in the news of the birth of this Savior. And I think that th that points to us a little bit of problem or danger that we might have during the Christmas season. Not, not getting shot putting up the tree, not just falling out of the attic trying to find a decoration, not getting stampeded in Walmart with a, with, a, with a sale that's going on. But if reading or hearing the Christmas story one more time and missing the joy that's in this story, I don't know how many times you've heard it. I don't know how many times I've heard it or read it. But it's so easy just to, just to run through it and have the familiar words come out to us. And we miss the startling news. There is a danger here that we gloss over the, the startling announcement of the birth of the Savior. We hear, we hear so much about keeping Christ in Christmas. 
I'd like to suggest another thought. How about keeping Christ in Christians? That we make sure that while we want things right on the political scene about keeping Christ in Christmas, and there's so much movement today about taking that out, make sure you're keeping Christ in Christmas in your life. When we talk about angels and shepherds and wise men and Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus, if we're not careful, we can overlook the fact that God was making history. He was interrupting history. His changing, life-changing, history-changing announcement to the shepherds describes the joy that God experiences in sharing that with us and the joy that he wants us to experience as we find ourselves in the story of redemption. Now, obviously, all through the years and possibly even today, you could be one who say, if God is even aware that I exist, he doesn't have a good thought about me. He doesn't think very highly about me. Let me dispel that right now. Look at the shepherds. As lowly as they were, as despicable as they might have been, If the announcement of the birth of Jesus went to them first because God loved them, remember that he loves you. You're not forgotten. You're not overlooked. He doesn't think unfavorably of you. He thinks you're worthy of his son. He's willing to die for you. That's how much he loves you. He sent Jesus for you just as much as he did for the shepherds. Don't overlook that fact. You're not insignificant, nor unimportant in the eyes of God. If you've never felt included in the Christmas story, then rejoice this season. Rejoice that God has included you. He's not forgotten you. He's not overlooked you. And for those of us who know that Savior, Jesus Christ, reclaim the joy. Journey once again to Bethlehem. Marvel at the gift of this baby from God, that this is God in the flesh. Journey once again with the amazement of the shepherds and recapture and experience once again the joy of Christmas. Now, the second thing I think that we need to notice about the shepherds is is the announcement that they received. And when we understand that, then that should give us joy in our life. He says, in the midst of political and social unrest and a nation in the stress of of a census and taxation that the shepherds received the news of the birth of the baby. The angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. That's glorious good news. Boy, what an announcement they received. The birth of a Savior. The Savior that they had waited for. The world had waited for. And quite frankly, probably in 400 years of silence from the Old Testament until now, they probably had given up on it. It was a very personal announcement to them, wasn't it? The angel said, unto you is born this day. And that applies to every one of us. He came to be the Savior of the world, but he came to be your Savior. He came to be mine. And I marvel at the fact that he would be willing to come to earth and die in my place for my sins. 
Now look at the name that this Savior is called, this Jesus is called. Three special names, Savior. He is the one who came to earth to die for the sins of everyone. He is the one who robed his deity in humanity and came into the world to die on a wooden cross. He is called Christ because he is the Messiah, the long-promised and long-awaited Messiah. From the beginning of time, he is the one promised who would come and crush the head of Satan. And he is called Lord because he is the sovereign God. As amazing as it is, This little babe who was found in the manger in Bethlehem is the one who spoke the universe into existence. He's the one who formed man out of the dust of the earth and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. He is the one who controls the paths of the planets and the galaxies. He's the one who permits the movement of the most minute particle of dust. Somebody reminded me after the first service that also he is the one who patterns every snowflake differently and guides their path to earth. And he is Lord of all, yet he lies in Bethlehem in the person of a helpless babe. That's grace. That's love. That's joy from the Almighty God and Father in the birth of his Son. A helpless baby so that we might be saved. Historians talk about the year of 1809 when a war-weary world was anxious as they watched a seemingly invincible army led by Napoleon Bonaparte rampage across Europe. It was in that same year that there were some babies born by the names of William Gladstone, born in Liverpool, Alfred Lord Tennyson, born in Somersby, England, Oliver Wendell Holmes, born in Boston, Massachusetts, Felix Mendelssohn, born in Hamburg, Germany, And in a log cabin near Hodgenville, Kentucky, Abraham Lincoln was born. The world was focused upon the battles, not these babes. But now, over 200 years removed from that event, we know that these babies had a far greater impact on history than those battles ever did. That's what the birth of Jesus Christ does. When he was born, everybody was worried about the government and about Caesar and about the taxation, about what was going to happen next. Caesar's gone. But Jesus is still changing lives for eternity. That's a reason to rejoice. Think about it. When everything is said and done, this baby's birth in Bethlehem is going to have a far greater impact on your life than anything that you could be going through right now. No matter what you're going through, no matter what kind of stress, no matter what kind of depression, no matter what kind of health issue or anxiety or, or, or whatever else, the feeling of negativity you might be experiencing, Jesus Christ will last far longer than anything that you're experiencing right now. That's the joyous good news. That's why the angel's announcement to the shepherds were fear not. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. So I say to you, don't be afraid. Don't be anxious. Don't be fearful. Instead, experience the joy of the birth of Jesus Christ. Now look at the shepherds and see the action that they took. You know, they could have been 
dazzled by this announcement and then just simply gone back to watching over their sheep. But they did more than that. First, they took the steps of faith to go and experience this child that was announced by the angels. They said, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. See, they could have done what a lot of people do today about the Christmas story. They could have just ignored the message that was there. Yeah, they could have been startled uh, by the display of light from the angel and the message that was given to them and ignored it. But they didn't. They chose to make the journey of faith that would change their lives and fill them with joy. And I suggest to you, if you're not experiencing, not quite up to the to the joy of the season yet, then maybe you need to make that journey to the manger. No, the baby's not there. Mary and Joseph are long past off of the scene. But Jesus is still there to change your life. He's still there to change your life as he did the shepherds. He's just seated in the glories of heaven and so you need to come before his presence and, and, and confess your sins, repent of your sins, and claim Christ Jesus as your Savior. Jesus has risen from the dead and he's seated in heaven as king, but he died in your place for your sins. And then once you believe, then you have another lesson to learn from the shepherds. They came and they saw the baby. But when they left, they told everybody about what they had seen and heard. They spread the good news so that others could have the same joy that they had experienced. And the same is true for us today. I would suggest to you that that if you really, really, really want to experience the joy of Christmas in your life, tell somebody about Jesus Christ. That's what we're called to do. That's what we're called to do as believers in in Jesus Christ and followers in Jesus Christ. A few days ago, I received an email from a friend. He was a former member here in the life of this church. I've known about 30 years. We met outside in a a business association. And I developed a relationship with him. And I had an opportunity to share the gospel with him. I'll never forget where we were. We were seated at a table in Diane's on Divine having dinner. Diane's is now, it's passed off the scene. But I had the opportunity to share with him the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he was in his 50s and he pushed back from his chair. And he looked at me across the table and he said, I have never heard this in my life. You're telling me that I can have a relationship a personal relationship with the living God through Jesus Christ? Well, I had the privilege of baptizing him, discipling him, seeing him grow in his faith. And this was the Christmas message I received from him by email. He said, greetings, dear friend. Long time since talking. He said, you're always top of mind in my AM Bible studies that continue to expand. And this is the phrase that got me. I had tears of joy when I read this. He said, you, my friend, led me to the wonderful world of God. You, my friend, led me to the wonderful world 
of God. And he went on to say, I cannot read the scriptures too much. Wish you had been in my life as a young man. Your words from the pulpit resonate in my mind. Allow me to hear from you. If I don't experience any other joy at Christmas, I will through that message. That I allowed somebody to experience the wonderful world of God. Have you ever done that? I'm also reminded about a Christmas pageant in a church. One particular five-year-old boy had a part of a shepherd, not one of the lead shepherds. But he was dressed in his bathrobe and had his little crook staff. And when the time came for the manger scene and all the shepherds made their way there, he was kind of pushed aside until he could push his way through the men who were playing the bigger part. And he saw the manger scene. And then he turned around on the stage like this. And he looked out till he saw his mom and dad. And he said, Mom, Dad, Mary had her babe. And it's a boy. Mary did have a baby. It was a boy. And his name is Jesus. The shepherds had that announcement. They went and they saw. And they left filled with joy. They were willing to believe. They were willing to proclaim, and they were filled with joy. May you do the same. Father, we thank you for the announcement that you made so many years ago through the angel on that Judean hillside, that in the fullness of time you had sent your Son as Savior, Lord, Christ. Help us to experience that joy. In the birth of Jesus Christ, our Savior, our Lord, as we commit our lives to him. May we come to know this baby whose name is Jesus. May we be filled with joy. May we know the joy of introducing someone to the wonderful world of God. In Jesus' name, amen.